You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Well, welcome to this week's Momentum. It is Tim and Des back with you once again. Wherever you are around the country, we really appreciate you tuning in and hope you get something out of today's show. Des, are you well, my friend? Yes, indeed. I am delighted to be with you today for this show that we're producing. And it's wonderful to have Brett Ryan with us. And I don't know much about you, Brett, so maybe you could take a few minutes and talk about who you are. You've only got a few minutes. That's uh, and I could I could fill in the whole program with just my story. But in <laughs> summary, I was born at a very young age, and uh, but I was born in, in Oxford, England. But I came to Australia when I was less than two years of age, so I didn't really have time to pick up any lingo. I was brought up in a Christian home and 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 found that an incredible privilege. Uh, I studied to become a nurse. I majored in intensive care and accident emergency. And so for me to have a really good day, someone had to have a really bad day. I love the blood and the guts and the chaos and the, you know, the frantic nature of an emergency or someone who was critically ill or critically injured. And then uh, God had different plans. He actually, I was invited to become the children's pastor at a very large church in Melbourne. So I worked up, looked after people spiritually uh, for about 12 years. I looked after people physically for about uh, 15 years. And now I work for an organisation called Focus on the Family Australia. And uh, now I help people relationally. So it's all in the people business. And I love it. I find it really, I'm very passionate about healthy marriages and healthy families and healthy lives in general. Uh, I have been married for 32 years, which turns out to be 11,866 days. No, 11,688 days. And uh, and then I have three young men that have all uh, flown the coop and they're married. And I have two and a half grandchildren. And Good so, man. And so one's on the way. And so I'm loving being a pa and uh, and doing life and seeing our own children bringing up their little ones. So that's been a very exciting thing. So all the things I've put into practice, all the mistakes yeah. they are learning from. And so they're starting their own little uh, new tribe. And uh, it's a real privilege. Very exciting. Can I just say, uh, off the back of all of that, Brett, I mean, it's impressive, but what's perhaps the most impressive is that you know how many days you've been <laughs> married. There'd be some guys going, I can't even remember my wife's birthday or our wedding anniversary, but you know how many days you've been married. Yeah. Well, but I used to calculate it myself, and then I found, I discovered there was a there was a, a calculator on the on the net, and it, you just put in the dates, and it comes up with how many months, wow. how many weeks, how many seconds. Um, so I used that this year and, and it was very, very helpful. <laughs> so maybe you shouldn't have told us that because that's not as impressive then. I thought you'd actually sat and worked it out yourself. But like, I, I, used to, I only discovered it this year. And uh, <laughs> so I give my I give my wife every anniversary a cutout card of the numbers of days that we've been married. So it's been a tradition oh, that cool. I've had for 32 years. And, wow, uh, good, and so I used to try and calculate the leap year and how that all worked out and that made it a little <laughs> bit more difficult. And so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Some would argue you've maybe got too much time on your hands, but let's let's move forward. Um, look, in all seriousness, man, if you've been married for that long, you've got some you've got some stuff that. Look, I know you and I have spoken over you know in Radio Land for many years, um, in your position as CEO, focus on the family Australia, and I know that you've got a a lot of stuff that guys can um, can pull from today. But today we want to talk about particularly this area of blended families and step parenting, which, let's be honest, is. Um, fairly common now in society, but it's it doesn't get any easier. It's a really it can be a really tricky um, situation to navigate. 
Yeah, I mean, it, for those who are just doing families, you know, a typical family, it can be tough. It can be challenging just doing yes. life together, uh, you know, keeping uh, the marriage alive and thriving and <laughs> training up your kids in the way that they should go and, and helping them shape them their character. And life can be very busy just that. And then um, for what are the circumstances that you find yourself that you're single again, uh, then you might say, oh, I might go back to the starting blocks and starting it fresh. And that is another layer of complexity. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, and especially when you're bringing in other children with their own culture and their own, uh, the, even the partner with her own culture um, from her childhood, but also from her first relationship, for example. It is, it's quite devastating. Uh, very much so. And I mean, we, we've had tradition, we've seen the Brady Bunch and many people will say, oh, I know the Brady Bunch. There was a few little hiccups, but it was all happy families. We saw Eight is Enough. That was another great program. There's been a lot of other movies um, that have been created and it all seems to be, end up really happy in the end, but that's not all everyone's journey. And we know, and for my role at Focus on the Family Australia, um, people need some help and some assistance in this area. They need some guidance. You can't just go into it and wing it. You just need to make sure that you're as well-informed. And that's a big part of it, being well-informed and allowing each other the grace to navigate some of the, the differences of family of origin, the different experiences and the circumstances of which they have resulted in their remarriage. Tell us a little bit about Focus on the Family, the organisation and what they do. Yeah, I mean, we're all about, I mean, our, our mission is to make Christ known as we strengthen families or strengthen relationship in Australian families. And we do that in a variety of ways. Obviously, many people would know us through the radio medium and we're in hundreds of radio stations across Australia and we really love partnering with different radio stations uh, to be able to share the, the good news of healthy families and then integrating that with our faith. Uh, we also do a number of public presentations, and I love doing those, whether that's online or, or in person. Uh, it's been challenging during the COVID season. Uh, we've run marriage retreats and marriage conferences, parenting seminars. Uh, our website's got a variety of different resources uh, available all for free. We've also got a YouTube channel and we've just actually launched a new video library of all of our resources, plus from our friends overseas and other partners to provide a video library of healthy information about families, marriages, mental health, uh, there's a worship. There's even something for the kids called Adventures and Odyssey. So we do a lot of areas and we, we consider ourselves in the prevention game. We would rather see families uh, thrive before it becomes a crisis. Yeah. And getting information out and as helpful in a variety of different forms can do that. And so if anyone needs some assistance and we provide, you know, steer, steer people into the right direction to get counselling if they require it, um, partnering with a local church as best we can, speaking in Christian schools. So we're a one-stop shop from the, you know, in utero to the grave. That's fantastic. Just uh, let, let's just say your your website address is www.families.org.au. So if there's any men listening and they really want to start to search that and see if it gets some direct help themselves before we get into the subject. Yeah. Families.org.au. Yeah, that's the website for Focus on the Family Australia. Our special guest today is Brett Ryan, the CEO of Focus on the Family Australia. And we're talking blended families and step parenting today. So, Brett, in your role over the years, what would you say are the key main challenges that blended families face when they come together? 
Um, well, I don't know whether there's the number one, two, three. I don't know there's a number of keys to take in consideration. And for the children, um, and they are part of the journey. It's not just you as an individual, but you have to take in consideration, you know, the circumstances. It could have been a death. It could have been that you've been single for a long time. It could have been through divorce and the circumstances that resulted in that divorce. Um, you need to be able to allow children, and depending on the age and stage the children are, you know, some mm. younger children can tend to be a bit more flexible, but older children can be a little bit more challenging because they know what it's been like and they've seen the journey that mum or dad or you made mum cry, you made dad cry. Uh, so you need to allow time for it, not to just jump into something that's a bit, you know, maybe a bit premature because... Mm especially if you've gone through a divorce, for example, and what are the circumstances of that? If you haven't sorted those things out, you will probably carry that baggage into the next relationship. Yeah. The mistakes that you may have made in the past may happen in the present. So you need to make sure that you deal with that. And we talk about, from our point of view, it takes two healthy individuals to make a healthy relationship. So you yeah. need to make sure you get rid of your stuff. Um, you need to get a variety of different I um, counsel and, and mentors to to help you navigate that. Don't try and do it on your own. And you also need to consider when you before you you know go into the the area of blending another family or, or getting into the step parenting mode is to consider the ex. What how they're going to be involved? What what's they're going to be their role? Because that can be a really a sticking point. You look about where they're going to sleep, where you're going to live. Um, you know the the role of the biological parent and the step parent. And how do you include the extended family, the grandparents and friends and family? They're all factors. And I've just, you know, blurted all those things. But there are major issues that you need to take in consideration mm. before you go into the step parenting role. And I think that's so sound because, you know, I, I've been through a couple of marriages to my shame, but that's just the way it is. And, um, and it's not easy to do that, even just as a partner it's not easy to do that and and adding the complexity of children with different cultures and expectations a simple thing like some children grow up in a home where they don't hug and there's no affection whereas you get another family who's into you know hugging and you know being you know close with each other demonstrative. And, yeah, yeah demonstrative that's a good word and so you I mean bringing those two together is frightening yeah, very much so. And and you have to be sensitive to that and you yeah. can't thrust yourself on. It's like I've seen it, unfortunately, time time again. You call me mum and you call me dad. You know, they're insisting in it. But that doesn't take a natural uh, – and, and, and you may nurture into something later on, but you can't force it. And you so have to be patient and take time and recognise that – the children are going through a grief process. You're going on a steep learning process and give each other some space. And every child will come along uh, differently and will look at it differently. I mean, often we talk about from a parenting point of view, from a biological parent, you need to be your child's parent first, not their friend. When you become a step parent, it's reversed. You need to become more yeah. of a friend than mm. the parent. And so you need to establish the, the value systems and who's going to discipline. And when it comes to the end of the, at the end of the day, it's always going to be the biological parent that will have the main say, but that doesn't mean that they can't, they, that the children get away with 
being disrespectful or uh, being rude. Um, we have to find that that you can't force that role of being a parent and be the disciplinarian until you've earned that right. And that takes time and it may never happen. So you mentioned before about expectations. You need to right size those expectations. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Actually, it's interesting. We have a, Tim and I have a common friend who is, He's in his second marriage. I think they're both in their second marriage, uh, which is coming to an end, sadly. But one of the major traumas in that was a teenage daughter who just would not accept, you know, this new person in her world. You're not my dad. Yeah. I don't have any relationship with you. And that is so difficult for the husband, for the for the mother and, and uh, wife. And so it's, it's, it's such a minefield. Yeah, and, and that minefield can occur at all different ages. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I know a number of people who have, you know, been the step-parent from a very early age, from, say, three or four, and journeyed them through and have been really active, engaged, healthy relationship. And once their child turns 16, 17, 18, suddenly they say, you're not my dad, you're not my mum, and they can... And where did that come from? And that can be very confusing, especially because you've had a close relationship. And that's when they're just going through their adolescence. They're trying to find out where they fit. They're trying to, we call it individuation. They're trying to find out where they, where they belong. And the, the, the changes that have gone, un, uh, they've undergone, even if it happened so many years ago, can then surface. And so they need to process this and find a safe place. And you need to be a safe place that they can vent and you can validate their experience, but it doesn't excuse them to be rude. Yeah. Does it, mm. Is it better to talk about those sort of relationships right up front? Every child's different, but including them in the journey is very is vitally important. Now, some people say, do they have the final say? No, they don't have the final say, but you can include them uh, in the conversation because you can't thrust it upon them. Um, they need some space, as I said, to process it. And you can't just make happy families by just because you said it doesn't mean it's going to be automatic. And it can be very, very awkward. And there's plenty of great resources available. And so you need to be informed by other things. We've actually got, there's a, a great website called um, Shaken Not Stirred. And it's all dealing with that. And we've done a couple of interviews with a couple who run that. And just to be able to navigate that, our website also has different variety of different resources. In fact, I've done a video series that on this topic. So getting as much information as possible and little tricks of the trade, which I'm more than happy to share uh, with our time. Right. Can I ask, um, you know, uh, in my first marriage, uh, I took on four boys, four stepsons, and they were eight, six, four, and two when I first came in the picture. And, you know, there was a lot of conversation initially around uh, I was doing this and, and me being stepdad. And, and it got to a point where a few years later, they actually requested to call me dad. And, you know, we didn't put that upon them. So instead of being dad, I became um, Daddy Tim because we didn't want to take away from the natural dad who was actually dad. So I became Daddy Tim. They never actually turned around to me ever and said, you know, well, you're not my dad. That just never happened for me. But for guys listening right now who might be in that situation where, you know, they've had that the, 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 the stepchild come back and kind of throw that at them, which, I mean, is hurtful, let's be honest. And we can be, even as grown men, we can be hurt and rejected by that. What's our best response? Because our natural response, I would assume, is to kind of close off and, and harden our heart to protect ourselves, which can hurt the relationship. And as you said, 
the child is just trying to experiment their individuality as well. So how do we handle that and keep the relationship solid? And they also could just be pushing your buttons. You know, we do see with siblings, you know, they're just trying to get a reaction. It's, right. a power, yeah. it's a power through. And so they could be just doing it to see how you uh, react. And so my key to this, and I've said this time and time again on, on different uh, forums, learn to respond not react. Response means that you're controlling your tone, your volume, your body language, you're in control. But if you react, it will shut the conversation up. So yeah. you're watching what you say and how you say it. And you might just say, look, I understand. Um, I don't I don't want to force you to do something that you feel uncomfortable with. with. Uh, I'm still going to be here for you. Um, you call me what you feel comfortable with. So they've got some, you're empowering them to make that decision, but you're not going to thrust upon you. You must call me. As soon as you start doing that, you've you've lost that relationship. So mm -hmm. it's building, building the trust and the understanding. And even if it comes out of left field, like the minefield as Des was sharing, they are, they are just wanting to know, are you the real deal? Are you yeah. going to come and love me unconditionally through thick and through thin, even if I'm prickly, will you still love me? And if you can come through the other side, you've actually won them over. Wow, that's huge. We're chatting with Brett Ryan, the CEO of Fox on the Family Australia. We're going to take a short break and come back. We've got lots more on this topic to uh, to investigate in the second part of the show. Blended families and step parenting is what we're talking about today. You can check out the Fox on the Family website, families.org.au. Families.org.au is their website. And uh, as we take a short break, a reminder, our website is MomentumAustralia.org. Lots of information there you can check out to uh, help you in your journey. But we will be back with Brett Ryan in just a moment after this short break. Stay tuned. All around the country, this is Momentum. We appreciate you tuning in. It is uh, Tim and Des with you. Our special guest this week is Brett Ryan, the CEO of Folks on the Family Australia. Just again, their website, families.org.au. Don't go there right now. Stay tuned right here because we've got a lot more with Brett coming up. But uh, certainly check out their website in the meantime because uh, there's a lot of stuff on there that you can use to benefit from. And our website too, MomentumAustralia.org. We've got a bunch of stuff on there to help you on your journey as a man as well. But uh, back to today, we're talking blended families and step parenting. And Brett, before we go any further, you did mention off air that perhaps we should clarify the difference between blended families and step parenting. So tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, step parenting is actually when you have have children on both sides. Maybe a, a, a mother had children, a father had children, and you marry, and that's a step parent. You may have not had, and maybe a step parent, even if you didn't have any children, but coming into a new family with existing children, that's known as a step parent or a step parenting family. A blended family is when mum and dad get together, they've probably got previous children, and then they have a child together. And that new child is counted as the blended family. So you've got a little bit of new, it's a new aspect. And that child can actually be a, a joy and excitement. And you know, so everyone's saying, hey, it's wonderful drawing them together, but it also can be a challenge because are you going to love this child more than the step? children and this can be a, something that you need to talk about and discuss and bring your children and i said this before in the first part is to bring them along on the journey just to let them be included that they are aware it's not being you know you're not going to be saying hey it's happening and you're going to get on board they have to process and allow them the the joy of discovery of what it's like to be an older brother or an older sister 
and they can be included in that as much as possible. Or they might be able to say, I don't have anything to do with it. I don't want to change a nappy. I don't want to play with them at all. And you don't want to also force that responsibility unless they are willing. And that's something that you need to discover as a family to discuss about who's going to do what and how you can help one another. And that's like you do with any family. Everyone's got roles. Everyone's got responsibilities. And everyone should contribute because in a family, we talk about working as a team, together, everyone achieves more, T-E-A-M, and everyone should be contributing. And when a new family member is welcome to a family, whether it's blended family or a step-parenting family or even a nuclear family, everyone needs to contribute. I'm reminded of the, uh, that, the little line that says, my children and your children are beating up our children. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's not, and and that's something that even uh, as a helpful tip is to be more inclusive in your language. It's yes, exactly. we, it's us, it's our. Um, that that's something that it's not me, yours, on your mine, and that type of thing. It's our, and that really can change the culture of the family. Mm. Brett, the reality is though that if uh, and if guys listening right now, you know they, they've gone back into a relationship, or you know they find themselves with. Uh, not their own child under their roof and you know they've they found love again or the, the adult relationship is really good but the kids are struggling to come on board and des mentioned this in the first part of the show where we know we know somebody particularly where that was a major point of contention in the marriage and while we can't force our kids into that space to to welcome what is happening for you know mom and or stepdad or vice versa um how then do we navigate that because the reality is it does create tension in the home and it can cause conflict between the adults. Yeah, and that's, and unfortunately that happens far too often. And, and I'm very sorry if any of your listeners, that's their experience. Uh, it's not the ideal and it's not what you planned or expected. Uh, and you may have gone in with unfulfilled or unmet expectations and you've been devastated. And that tension between mum and dad, new husband and wife, new, you know, that, that ideal, you don't want them to form a wedge and to become the thorn in your flesh, to, to be that niggle that you're always arguing over the kids. And so you need to show that you are a team, united, you're going to navigate this together, role model, good, healthy conflict resolution to say, hey, mum and dad, we, we, have, we have arguments, but we learn how to resolve those arguments. And that's the same thing you want to show to your kids. You may not be happy, you may not be, you know, thrilled about this, but we are going to work this out together to move forward in a healthy way because we're not going to allow this tension, this toxicity to continue to infiltrate our, our haven, our home. And that's something that, you know, you have to actually allow them the, the privilege, I guess, to voice their concerns, but they don't determine how you as adults are going to function and move forward. And I guess the sooner you start that process, Brett, the better. So when you start to date a lady and it looks like it was going to become a permanent relationship, you, know, you start to think about and how you address those sort of issues right up front. Yeah, very much so. And and as, as early and as often, um, and it's an ongoing conversation. It's never never one off. It's it's going <laughs> yes. to have little little minefields, as you said. And I know that sometimes people might start dating, but they don't introduce them to the kids just yet because I want to make sure if it's serious. But if it is becoming more serious, you might be able to say, hey, what are your thoughts about if, you know, daddy, you know, had had a, a new person in their life? And, and 
thinking about marriage. What will you think about that? Mm. Now, they don't determine where you go with that, but they've had a, an opportunity for a say or for some input. And again, time is the great healer and, and leveler. You need to give each other some space. Don't rush into it. There's a sort of a rule of thumb. If you've been married for 12 years, you should at least at least wait 12 months before you start redating. You know, if you've been married for 20 years, you should wait 20 months. You know, one year, one month. Uh, that's not always the case. And I know some people who, you know, uh, they were widowed and they they got back into a, into a relationship very quickly and it caused so much unrest in the family because it was too quick. Um, mm. Maybe you just got to give each other some space. But then again, they're adults and they need to make, and these, these are adult children who are making an opinion, they can have a say, but you as an adult, you know what you want and you know what you, you don't want and you don't want to make those same mistakes. But that's going to, uh, you know, the aspect of actually including everyone to have a say, I cannot hmm. emphasize enough. Yeah. Quite often the, uh, the, the, in that situation where, you know, somebody has lost a partner, you know, passed away, those children are still grieving too. And there's, you know, their heart is still with the parent they've lost. Yeah, very much so. And again, you know, that's, the, you know, having a different title, depending on the age and stage for some, it might be an easy transition for others. You're never going to be, you're never, the step parent is never going to be a biological parent. Mm, yes. You have to actually come to that conclusion and you may not ever have that healthy, endearing, warm relationship, but you can have a civilized relationship. Mm-hmm. And that is another aspect of just trying to right size expectations. And then if you develop a healthy relationship with them, then you will form that bond, you will form that trust, you will form that compassion where they want to come and talk to you about those things, just mm-hmm. like you would want their normal biological parent. Right. Can I ask about uh, different parenting styles? Because when two adults come together and they've got kids, say, from their own you know, previous relationship, but they parent quite differently, uh, tell us how to navigate that minefield because you know, that is, that's a tricky one when we want to parent slightly differently to our partner. Yeah, and I mean, that, <laughs> that happens <laughs> with any parent, really, because uh, I think Des mentioned in the opening remarks, you know, different family of origin. You have a, a family that's demonstrative and there's a family that's, you know, very quiet and standoffish. Then you've got another one who is very authoritarian. The other one's more permissive. Uh, you as parents need to discuss and the key to it, and as they talk about real estate, location, 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 when it comes to parenting, it's communication, communication, communication. To work out uh, and not necessarily compromise, because compromise means that one loses and the other one wins. It's a matter of you want it to be a win-win. You want it to be able to say to, to not lower the gap and your kids will benefit when you are it's close to the same page. You don't want to have a situation where it's a good cop, bad cop scenario and work out, you know, what are the things, the circumstances, what are the the boundaries, what are the disciplines that we can uh, give when they break those rules or or do the things uh, that uh, cause them to get into trouble or face, let's face it, many parents can be very helicopterish or or, um, they call it drone parenting now. It's a new, new. (laughs) 
uh, stir, uh, a new word, but it could be lawnmower parenting. You know, you try and make everything smooth. We've learned time and time again through research that kids will do better when they face the consequences of their poor choices. And that builds resilience. And we need to have resilient children because life is not always smooth. Life is not always going to be what we want it to be. So allowing our children to navigate that and not to smother them. And we might tendency to try and do that, especially, and I've heard that sometimes you, you can get to, they overcompensate for their own kids. Uh, and that can be a danger as well. So you've got to try and do everything equally and within reason and fair. Tell us about how you navigate the whole area of ex-partners. So they, you know, you're know, you a husband, your wife's got another partner, totally different, wants to get involved. How do you navigate that minefield? Yeah, it's, well, I wish there was an easy solution because unfortunately children become pawns in the battle and they can become collateral damage. I think a key in this is that the children should be the main focus and they should never be used as, you know, reconnaissance to go and find out what's happening with mum or dad. They should never be used to just communicate, um, you know, messages. Uh, they should never be used to that you fall on them, to lean on them for emotional support. They need to be kids and kids' kids. They, they need to be normal kids, not to become your confidant. Um, when it comes to the children, if you keep the kids the main thing, your language, your tone, your behaviour should change accordingly. And, and it should be that they should see that mum and dad, despite the differences that cause them maybe to divorce, they can still be civilised because you're role modelling them that even though mum and dad aren't, you know, husband and wife anymore, we can still be friends and civilised. And that's the ideal, but that's not always the case. Sure. So we need to make sure that when children come from another home, you actually have to say, hey, this is our home. This is our rules. This is what we're going to find. When you go to dad or when you go to mum, if it's different, that's okay. But when you come back here, you need to find a, a, or give them first off a, an opportunity to decompress because <laughs> they may have had to be on their best behaviour or they might have just had too much lollies and, you know, no boundaries. They need a time, to, space to decompress. Then they can re entry into the family home and you say you know that's what you did at the other parents house this is what we do in our household mm. and kids will get that that rhythm but it would be ideal if everyone else have the same value systems but that's the ideal yeah that's really good can i also say i think off the back of that brett i think and this is something that we tried um certainly in in my first marriage to to be really conscious of our language around the other parent that wasn't there in the in the house because as much as we as adults might be frustrated with the behavior or lack of input or lack of finances or whatever it may be uh you know we we try to keep a language in front of the kids about the other person that wasn't there uh, above board so it was neg nev never a negative slant to the kids about what might be happening outside of this that we as adults are dealing with but they don't need to know you know, at that age and, and at that stage. That's really good. And if everyone did that, you know, no put downs. Um, you don't try and make undermine the other parent. You don't use language, as you said, that is negative. Um, in fact, it would be better to actually be more positive because your children are navigating this. And it's so difficult to be, you know, 
when the kids go from one place to another place and they've got to change their way of thinking and, and patterns of behaviour and what to expect and, and, and it can be really difficult for them and we don't want to add another layer by making them feel like, you know, dad's a loser or mum's a loser and, you know, and but they love that person and they want to care for them. So it's no good. It's not doing anyone any good. And, and even though you might be venting and angry and frustrated, your kids don't deserve to be a punching bag of your, your baggage that you haven't dealt with. This has been a great conversation and I'm sure hundreds of men who listen to it will get so much from this. But just finally, can you give us two or three key tips to men in particular in terms of this whole relationship arena? For dads, one of the things is, you know, the best thing you can do for your kids and whether you're a biological dad or a step uh, dad is to love their mother and to show that what a man is really like. So you're actually showing and uh, giving them the example, role modelling the behaviours that you would want them to have and what it means to be a man and what it means to, and for your future, the, your girls to say, this is the type of man that I want to marry in the future. So the best gift you can give to is love on their mother. And even if it's the ex, still love on their mother. Uh, the second thing you could do is to simply um, be genuinely interested and give your time. And I know time is a great commodity, but for most kids, you need to uh, give of yourself. And that may mean going on dates with your kids, uh, maybe mean uh, finding some mutual uh, activities that you both like and enjoying being with them. Again, the step parent doesn't have to be the parent. They have to be more of the friend. And if you can do that, those two things alone, loving their mother and just being available can be the best thing you can do for your kids. Yeah. But Ryan from Fox on the Family has been our special guest in this week's Momentum. Again, their website, families.org.au. There is a whole bunch of resources on their website that you can check out and get some more information about this topic, blended families and step parenting, but also a whole range of topics with regards to families, families.org.au. And of course, our website, MomentumAustralia.org. You can uh, give us some feedback about the show. Uh, give us some questions if you like as well. And uh, hear previous episodes of Momentum as well. And look, we are a not-for-profit ministry. If you want to throw a few dollars our way to keep Momentum on the air, we'd be so appreciative of that too. MomentumAustralia.org. Brett, we cannot thank you enough for everything you've just imparted in the last half hour. There's a lot in there. And we encourage guys to go back and have another listen. But uh, we really appreciate, appreciate your input today, mate. Thanks for being a part of Momentum. More than welcome. And it's a pleasure being with you. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.